Hello there, it's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad. I almost forgot my own name then, which wouldn't have been a good start. And with me as always, <laughs> those fingers through my hair. That's like I'm in the stair. That strips my conscience bare its witchcraft. It's Anthony James! <laughs> How are you, Conrad? How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm very well, thank you. I apologise for my poor rendition of Frank Sinatra oh, there. Oh, lovely. That was lovely. It will be revealed in time. I don't know why I, pre- I continue to persist with this this fallacy that the listeners <laughs> slash viewers don't know what film we're going to talk about, as if it's it's this big reveal. We are, of course, here today to talk about uh, the Ari Aster smash hit, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Hereditary. Yep. Uh, it's about... It's, it's not even really about witches. I suppose it, there are some witches in it, uh, in a manner of speaking. Well, they're hinted at in the beginning. Will do they come in? You'll have to tune in for the spoilers to find yeah, out. Yeah, you have to listen to the end. We're not giving that away for free. We know how our bread is buttered. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> apart from that, how are you doing, Anthony? Doing all right. Feeling much better. I, you know, as our listeners will know, that I was feel under the weather. I'm feeling much better, which means I'm not going to talk about it ever again. Because you know, you have your "I'm getting better" phase, and then you have your "I'm feeling better" phase, and then. Next time you hear me talking about sickness, I'll be sick again. Yeah. I don't know what it'll be, but we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Well, well. Hopefully, hopefully nothing serious. <laughs> we won't. We won't we, <laughs> yeah. that, it, depending on the tone of the uh, conversation, you'll know whether it's a serious illness or not. Um, <laughs> without further ado, let's move swiftly away from that that hypothetical situation and talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies, we're here to talk about them. It's still spooky season, which means I am still getting to force Anthony at gunpoint to watch scary films. And I am loving it, listener. I'm loving life. <laughs> uh, before we get into that, I've got, to go, I've got to go around the houses, just do some very quick movie news stuff. Uh, <laughs> Bloody June is out this week. I'm excited about mm-hmm. it. That's all I had to say on it. Just excited. <laughs> I'm excited about it too. Maybe after the hell of spooky season is done, we'll we'll uh, we'll do an episode on it. Oh, maybe that'd be good. I I yeah, I was talking to my partner about it, and I was saying I'm not in a rush to see it purely because I've mm-hmm. read the book and I've seen the <clears throat> the um, David Lynch movie, so I know what's going to happen. It's not going to be spoiled, but it's still going to be amazing. I think. <laughs> um, one thing I don't know uh, what's going to happen in is uh, that their new Batman, which I saw the trailer for. Have you seen the new trailer oh, for that yet? Yes. Oh, I, I I really like this. Oh God, it was good. It looks. Good. I saw it and it was good. It looks mm-hmm. like uh, the the cinematographer is a guy called Greg. I don't know if it's Greg or Greg because it's spelled G R E I G. How would you pronounce that? Greg. You would say Greg or Greg. Yeah, Greg. If it was German, <laughs> Greg. It doesn't really. Uh, yeah, like I don't know. It could be chipmunk for G. all I know. We'll, like, we'll it, call him G. 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 Yeah, G. Mr. G. Mr. G. Frazier is the cinema- cinematographer, <laughs> and uh, his stuff looks an awful lot like uh, like a sort of a Roger Deakins esque kind of uh, kind of uh, photography, which looks stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Robert Pattinson looks like a bloody good Batman. I am now officially excited for that Batman movie. I, I to be honest with you, like. <laughs> I love all Batman movies. Uh, the Ben Affleck one, not so much, because that wasn't really a Batman film. That was like Superman versus Batman. Yeah. But see, whenever you like have a Batman standalone film, you know, 
Joel Schumacher aside, it's not never really gone badly, to be honest with you. Uh, shock, shock, shock! I, I like spray the and Joel everything. Schumacher. I like the Joel Schumacher Batman, <laughs> Batman. Uh, I've gone on record as saying that Batman Forever, as a, it's not anymore, but as a child, Batman Forever was my favourite of the Batman films. Well, because I, the bad yeah. guys had neon Tommy guns. How cool is that? Uh, I, I, I honestly <laughs> think though, I'm excited for. I, I, just to be completely honest, I'm a big fan of Robert Pattinson. If I'm honest with you, mm. um, I, I think that uh, we could all move past the idea that he was in twilight also the also i will just say um i actually am someone who when i hear a good point i do change my opinion and i love Lindsay ellis's video about twilight so if you haven't seen it go watch it so i do respect people who are in twilight a bit more but i will say he is a big fan of johnny flynn the musician and the actor. and in fact i think they went to uh college together or something like that uh and i just love the idea that when robert pattinson was going out with kristen stewart he dragged her along to a johnny flynn concert so i love robert pattinson yeah i mean who knows? You might have been at the same Johnny Flynn concert at some point might, in your past. I might have been. Yeah, might. you could have been rubbing shoulders with with the the, the stars of, of tomorrow. Um, it's possibility. It is a possibility. Yeah. I, I haven't got any interesting stories like that. But I agree. <laughs> but we're not here. We're not here as much as I might want to. We're not here to talk about June or the yeah. new Batman. Yeah. We're here to talk about a movie that I essentially made Anthony watch against his will. I, yeah. I and, and that is Ari Aster's stunning feature debut, Hereditary. So let's talk about it. Let's get into the spookiness. Okay, Fair- Conrad, before go. you go on, I just want to say, before you go on, okay, I, I, I did watch this at gunpoint. I, uh, <laughs> I, my, my wife was not feeling well, so she, one night she had to go to bed, and so I had to delay the recording of this because I didn't get a chance to watch it because, God damn, I am not watching this on my own. Okay, <laughs> so I had to wait till the next night to watch it. Uh, so you did force me into this, and I want to say one thing because you said it was his feature film debut. I just yes. want to say, every single person who's ever talked about movies on the internet, I'm sure at some point has thought, I'd love to make a movie. Can mm. you imagine if this was your first fucking movie? Like, yeah, like, what? you just make, you make, like, I think Ari Aster before this had made, like, four or five short films, which, you know, they're still films, they still have require skill. But to go from, like, short movies, admittedly none of which I've seen, so maybe they're, like, the best short films ever mm-hmm. made. But to go from that to Hereditary, which I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it right now, this... There are a lot of horror movies that get labelled with this. It's almost like a like an albatross for label. They, people like the hyperbole around it says it's the scariest movie since The Exorcist, um, mm. which is I think unhelpful in a lot of cases. But there is definitely an argument to say that this is one of the scariest movies, certainly that I have ever seen. And as a feature debut, I mean, talk as you say, talk about knocking it out of the park. Yeah, no, exactly, and it was it was scary. And what I liked about it, it was it wasn't jump scary. It was actually it was scary through the actors' performances and the script and the ominous music was. Oh, the the score was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was it was really creepy, and I loved whenever the things started happening the way they were happening. It was a real journey down a woman's mind at the mm. same time as being all this crazy shit happening in in the world. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I love the way that was balanced. I think by the end, we're sort of, you know, obviously the whole thing could be a metaphor, but by the end, there's no arguing that things that were actually going on were going on. Having said that, Tony Collette's performance down that rabbit hole was just mind-blowing. And yeah. I couldn't believe when I looked it up and found out that she wasn't nominated for any major awards. Basically, yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's because, like, it's the same thing with comedy nowadays, 
horror doesn't get nominated for awards anymore. It just doesn't get treated seriously, mm-hmm. even when it is clearly deserving of something. And, and you're absolutely right. Tony Collette's performance in this um, is absolutely amazing. So um, before before we get into that, I just want to want to lay the yep. ground work slightly. So how Let's much did you know about this coming in? Did you know anything about it at all? I knew nothing about it. Actually, to be honest with you, because I, Midsommar I, was the first one I saw of Ariasta. I didn't know... That was filmed in Sweden. Or yes, was made, I, think, made, uh, I think it might have been filmed. They made. Well, they made I, it I feel to like be it was in Hungary. Sweden. Yeah, I think it was actually filmed yeah, in Hungary or something. Yeah, but so it, they made it. They made it to be in Sweden. Yeah, and I think I I heard an interview of Ariasta talking about making something in Hungary at some point. So mm. I always, for some reason, thought that this film was set in Europe. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Um, and the only other thing I knew about it was when we were talking about Midsummer. You were talking about the family dynamics within Midsummer at the start. And then mm. you th- then you said about how that that's done really really well in Hereditary, and that's literally the only thing two things I knew about it. I knew that it was I, I well I knew I thought that it was in Europe, and which it wasn't, <laughs> and and I knew it was about family dynamics based on what you had said. I'm trying to think if they ever actually say where this is set. It could be Europe. It could Utah, be Utah. I think it's Utah. Oh, do they actually? Well, that's say where, where it was okay. filmed. That's where it was filmed anyway. That ruins my joke. Then I thought maybe it was going to be some small American enclave <laughs> in France. Um, Okay, so I, I mean, le, le let's <laughs> le Ute. Um, I just made that. That's not a French pronunciation or how the French would pronounce Utah. I've just kind of gone a Inspector Clouseau route with my pronunciation there. Okay, so the early, early, early runnings in this movie. You get creepy looking girl. It's a classic horror horror movie trope. You get Millie Shapiro, uh, who you know is a perfectly normal looking looking young woman, um, but they really make her up. Like she has a, she has a very a very unique face, but she they they perfectly purposefully make her up to look like the most fucking creepy kid that you've ever seen in this. Yeah, well, she movie. she does have a um like a, I don't know what you would say a medical disorder. I don't know what, how you would how you would say it, which which does. In in the worst, in, in like sort of the most extreme cases, can physically deform someone. Now yeah. I've I've seen images of her on red carpets and things, and she I think they were very much playing it up within the film with oh, makeup. Oh yeah, and absolutely, very much they were. So. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but I mean it's brilliant casting nonetheless because she has a very distinctive face. Her character of mm-hmm. Charlie, what, what you see her early on, and when I first saw this movie, and I'd be interested to see what your opinion was. You see mm-hmm. a creepy looking girl, and you're like, well, obviously she's going to be be the villain here because she's she's a creepy looking girl in a movie that seems that, to be about possession. She's going to be the the um, mm-hmm. not Riley. I can't remember the the, um, uh, the character's name in The Exorcist, but um, she's going to be the girl who gets possessed. As it turns out, she doesn't last that long. Uh, <laughs> in this movie, yeah, as is foreshadowed by her cutting a bird's head off. Uh, that mm. was great. Um, yeah, yeah, she doesn't last very long. I didn't see that coming. I really, really didn't. That was about half an hour in. <laughs> she didn't she see gets, it coming yeah. either until. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or she should have, because there was uh, some foreshadowing there. There, there was the um, there was the the, wit- the witchy symbol on the post, which was yes. w- which was cool. There's a lot of foreshadowing mm. in this in this one. Uh, so basically, um, she took a nut allergy. I mm. immediately said, as soon as I said to Ema, Chekhov's nut allergy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring your fucking EpiPen. Like, what yeah. is wrong with you? What are you doing? What are you doing, Charlie and... I'm trying to remember it. Peter. Alex Wolf plays Peter, her older brother. So they yeah, go to their yeah. party and they don't bring their bloody EpiPen. I don't really understand. Like, I, like, you know... I don't understand. Like, I was having the conversation with Emo. Like, this forces us to talk about this sort of thing. We're just like, if we had a child, God forbid, if we had a child that had, because um, I, I, I feel a massive empathy for parents who have children uh, with these allergies. If we had a child with an allergy like that, 
I would be making them carry two all the time. Yeah, I'd like just be double like, holsters. Double holsters. <laughs> like, because like you hear, you, you hear horror stories about the first one not working and then they can't, you know, you hear horror stories. How are yeah. they going to a party with no EpiPen? It doesn't Pete, make any sense. Because Peter is an idiot, is, 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 <laughs> yes. the, is the, real, the real crux of this. And, and you've absolutely, you know, you've hit the, hit the nail on the head early here with, I think, part of what makes this movie so good and that is this family dynamic Mm -hmm. that exists at the heart there is a horror movie that happens here a very scary horror movie that happens here but the thing that really elevates i think hereditary above your typical kind of haunting movie like your i don't know insidious or something like that um is the 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 believability of this family dynamic Mm -hmm. so i think alex wolf does a brilliant job of portraying peter as believably stupid like he he he's a dumb teenager he's very self-interested but he's still yes. a little bit sympathetic um and that that scene so i should say spoilers ahead we're gonna get really into what happens uh in this movie there's no there's we're no way go, around yeah, it we're, go, we're going through we're going through. we're going deep um so the the conversation that happens after uh charlie has her her um allergy attack and yeah. uh is sticks her head out of the window of a moving car that peter is driving to try and breathe and has her head just bashed off just bashed off by a lamppost or a, yeah. a telephone pole or whatever it is um and there is this enormous family fallout from this and it all kind of culminates in them sitting around a table kind of mm. being very passive aggressive and picking at each other and it just explodes into this argument between uh peter and annie who's tony collette's character with uh, with gabriel byrne just being the most neutral father i've <laughs> i've ever seen just being like now settle down and <laughs> like just <laughs> you're not helping gabriel all right just pick a, <laughs> pick a side support your wife um but i mean that that scene it just that was the moment for me i think when i knew that i was really going to love this movie yes i i I have to agree with that i I, and i think that it's interesting at the end of that scene like i I agree with everything she was saying when she was having this tirade at uh at peter and i i I agree with everything she was was saying because i i completely understand with the idea he wasn't taking he didn't even say sorry like yeah and, and, and but i can i can understand like the 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 crazy crap he's going through in his own mind after that happened but yeah. He didn't even he didn't even say sorry and he didn't even like take ownership of what he did. But mm. I have to say I was with her the whole time and then at the very end I thought it was brilliant the way that he said to his mom then but she didn't want to go to the party and you made her go. And I'm just like, yeah. "Oh, this is like that made me think about it in another way. I was like, okay, this is interesting actually. I still think he should have said sorry, but yeah. but it's it's still it puts a new spin on it. And I will say that the the relationship between uh tony collette's character who, what was the main character i can't remember her name uh, annie um, is tony collette annie and yeah peter annie. alex wolf yeah yeah annie and peter the relationship between them every like every time they did something uh and like they 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 argued the same way at each other and they showed traits that were the same as each other i just would turn around to Emma and say hereditary uh there was just so much going on between the the the, the generations it was great well yeah and you know talking about um things being passed down in the family that perhaps are um not good for anyone involved uh that soon kind of becomes becomes clear uh what might have been going on there as we find out more and more about annie's uh mother who dies 
pretty much right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, well, before the movie starts, really. Well, yeah, before the movie starts. Yeah, I think we see them attending the the, the, the funeral, and that's the mm-hmm. only thing we we see of her until we start seeing a little bit more of her because she pops up in one of my favorite. It's not even really a scare, to be honest, and, and I think that's something it's that. Not, yeah. I love about this movie is there aren't there's a couple of jump scares but really Ari Aster is the master of what I like to call the wait what the fuck is that in the corner holy shit is that oh fuck it just moves kind of scare where it's yes. like that he he shows you a steady wide shot of a room and it seems innocuous at first and then you notice that there's a fucking person standing in the corner of the room yeah. and then someone turns on a light and they're gone and it's just it, and it happens uh, yes when, and that when... is it's almost like a reverse scare it's a reverse jump scare because like yeah. by the time like the big moment like boom happens they're not there anymore it's like a yeah. reverse it's interesting isn't it yeah. he, he does it throughout this movie and I, I think it's one of the reasons why midsummer didn't work as well for me is that mm. it has less of these kind of moments there's a couple similar but the, the one that always there's two that really stand out to me one we'll get to later but the one i wanted to get your impression of because to me this is like the moment where Ari Aster kind of announces what kind of horror director he's going to be where annie walks up the stairs to uh the like attic where she's working on her little dioramas um which uh which is like a great little studio and she sees her mother in the corner of the room just like smiling in the darkness mm-hmm. um and it's just the most un- it like literally gives me goosebumps thinking about it now it's so unsettling yeah i was unsettled by that and i and it's the way it's actually lit as well is brilliant because it's it's lit in a way that you could if you just saw a flash of it you could convince yourself that it was like it was a sheet thrown over a mannequin for a second. You know, yeah. it doesn't quite, like not all the details are there, and it it really leads you to study it and study it and study it. And you're all you're in the moment with her, you know, and like so she's doing the same thing. She doesn't necessarily know it's her mother straight away, and then by the time she does turn the light on, she's gone. And yeah, I I completely agree with you. It was really creepy. They they do the same thing a couple of times with the uh, with the door da- with the daughter. Um, and I th- I think mm. it's. I think it worked really well, and and it's it's really it's a really interesting way to do it. You're right in terms of Midsummer. There was one time where someone was sneaking around before they stole the book uh, or yeah. took pictures. Yeah, yeah that, the, that, that the, was the um, only time really. Yeah, the the actor I, I always forget his name. I feel terrible for it. But the actor who plays Chidi in in The Good mm-hmm. Life when he's stealing the book in Midsummer place, yeah. and the, the camera a uh, good place rather yeah, and the, the the camera does a does a three sixty pan around and if you pause yeah. it at the right moment you can see someone standing in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of a different thing to this where they really mm-hmm. let you look at it and they do it yes. a few times. Um, so I mean. Anthony, I, I think it's entirely reasonable for us to now analyse whether you think this family made a good decision in letting this weird woman, who is obviously a witch, into their <laughs> life and and performing a séance. Has has a séance ever resulted in anything good? Is 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 my thinking here? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, it depends on whose perspective you look at it. You know, the, from the perspective of uh, Paimon or whatever you call it. Yeah, Paimon, from the demon, he's having a great time. <laughs> he's having a great time. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was suspicious of this woman Joan from the very beginning. Is all yeah. I'll say. Had a lot um, of answers to questions that maybe she shouldn't have had. I, I I'm going to tell you this now. I'm not a psychic. Would you believe I'm not a psychic? But wait a minute. The the, the moment the moment that she the reaction on her face and the way she delivered the line i th- when whenever um uh, annie said annie, yeah. yeah annie said that her her daughter had passed away hmm. when it, whenever uh joan 
was like, you could see her thinking in her mind, what do I do about this? And then she went straight away and she said, uh, and, and then, she, and then she said, um, Oh, oh, but my son died. My son died. Yeah. And it was it was almost like, oh, I thought of the answer. I got it, yeah. you know? And, and because of that, that honestly, that line delivery, I was like, I'm suspicious of you from the very yeah. beginning. So then when she came up to her in the car park, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I had a seance. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> classic. It's the classic. It, it's like... um. It's like one of those charity people on the street where like once you've once you've been around the block a few times, you know what they're going to say to you. You know the kind of lines they're going to give you and you've got to be ready for it. Uh, the yeah. old, you know, come have a seance with me. I've done it and I've spoken to my dead son. It's a classic. <laughs> and Annie <laughs> yeah. falls for a hook, line and sinker. Um, the, the actual, so, I mean, th- their relationship develops a bit. Um, in the meantime, we, like Ariasa, who, who also wrote this, is sort of slowly drip feeding in little nuggets yes. of information about what might have been going on with Annie's mother. Um, there are kind of documents she finds that maybe hint uh, or, or, and information that she actually talks about with, with Joan, where she finds out that her mother was uh, wanted to breastfeed Peter um, yeah. and that they were maybe very close to him in a way that perhaps a grandmother shouldn't be and and that they kind of been they've oh, been to charlie to charlie is it well to charlie as she, well she, she she kept peter away from them yes yeah, so, sorry because so the, the grandmother charlie, wanted yeah. to yeah 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 so she yeah. breastfed charlie and they were trying to get very close to peter and mm-hmm. annie in response was like nope this is weird yeah, stay away from exactly, stay away yeah. from my my son which to be fair in a film where a lot of this family make bad bad decisions that's a good one i think to be like <laughs> yeah. nope you are in league with the devil. Don't talk, don't talk to me and my son ever again, <laughs> please. Yeah, I, like I have to say, there wasn't too many decisions from the family that I thought didn't make sense. Um, <clears throat> I think going to a, I think going to a uh, a séance of any sort um, is probably a fool's errand. And yeah, she, you're you asking know, for trouble. Not gonna say she deserved what she got, but but <laughs> but they're very very much like you know what are you doing like you don't do that. Uh, but apart from that, apart from the actual like she was she was vulnerable, I suppose. Um, she was. But but apart from that, I, I actually agree with most of what the characters' decisions were. Like it made sense each 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 time. Yeah. I I think that's that's something that Ariasta has actually spoken about in this that the the um the kind of visual metaphor of the doll's house at the beginning and it's returned to throughout with with actually their family in the doll's house and then it's returned to uh, later on is essentially saying that this family has has no control over what's happening here like that yeah. what happens to them would have happened to them regardless of the decisions they made because they really had no agency in the whole thing so when they eventually go through with the seance and um, we get the incredibly creepy sequence where where uh, Annie begins speaking with Charlie's voice, yeah. uh, which is always super fucked up when when <laughs> something like that happens. Um, and you get you know the little the little flame tricks. We've all seen Derek Akora. We know how we know <laughs> we, we know the we know the game is played. <laughs> um, I, I think he passed away actually. Oh, did he? Oh well. So rest now in we peace, want to, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> Derek Akora. Well, he's not resting in peace he's gonna be no, haunting, he's gonna be haunting something um it, like there's money to be made derek and ghosts derek akora <laughs> will be there even as a ghost um <laughs> please don't haunt me derek if you are dead i <laughs> i have nothing imagine he's not dead i just remember he like oh god that's hilarious if he's not dead oh. his career is dead at the very least it's um, ant and, and deck at the music festival all over again <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't believe they've gone. Um, I, I saw a, I saw a footage of them uh, looking very glum after Newcastle lost to Spurs last weekend, and it made me feel very happy about the fact thought, that they're still alive. That that, 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 that I suppose that is good. Uh, well, you know they they're on, they're unhappy, which is bad. But yeah, I, I know, was happy to see them live to be disappointed by that. <laughs> by that. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were about to say you know when Newcastle lost to Morality, but uh, but that's, oh, well, that's, that's well. That's the whole Premier League, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, those in glass houses, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, so they do the seance. They, they done summon a demon. Um, mm-hmm. He yep, comes yep, on yep. in, and you get this cool, like, visual... Um, I guess you'd call it a motif. Like, the kind of lights... Like someone's just scanning a barcode over over mm-hmm. the, uh, the the people in this household that indicates yeah. that they are being possessed by this uh, by by the power of this this I thought, being. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it, it, and it, it returns multiple times. There's, there's a couple of like great little like scares that I I wanted to mention. So again, not really a jump scare, but the, the moment where um, Paul uh, Peter rather looks. Um, looks to his left when he's in the classroom um and his reflection yeah. like smiles at him is so good and so yeah. creepy yeah um, yeah i like that one too yeah so um i mean really i think we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to get into the end of this now we're gonna have to yep. get into the end game because i think this is th- this movie is a very slow burn it's yes. kind of creep it's kind of creepy right right up until the last half hour how how did you deal with the last half hour how did you feel throughout it i actually liked to see when it started committing to, to stuff i like that um i i like i like a film which lays little little hints the whole way through and then just says yeah those hints were leading to something here you go <laughs> you know it's like midsummer does the same um mm. and i and i and i like that i i really i really liked it i i i love the uh you, you mentioned the one about the the, the the granny's form in the darkness earlier there was yeah. another one there was another one of them Whenever um, after uh, the dad gets gets burnt to death, yeah. um, and Peter comes down and finds his body behind uh, Annie behind him on the roof, basically mm, yeah. inside. Well, that I mean, is that, really creepy. <laughs> that that entire sequence. So that's kind of what I meant because you know, like I I love horror movies, and the first time I watched this movie, that whole final half hour. So Annie uh, discovers that she can she can burn this like diary that has some power bound to it. She mm-hmm. tries to do it once. It sets her arm on fire. She kind of chickens out a little bit. Then she tries to convince her, her husband, uh, Steve, uh, uh, to, to watch as she does it and to help her because she thinks she's actually going to be committing suicide. And Paimon, he's figured this one out. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to burn you this time. I'm going to burn Steve instead. She throws yeah. the diary away. Steve burns to death. And then we get this incredibly creepy final sequence like literally the last half hour where it's just peter and annie who has been possessed by paimon alone in the house in this dark house together and Mm -hmm. honestly i when i was watching this i had to go and stand on the other side of the room and do start doing some washing up because i was so i was so (laughs) scared of what was going on i need to put some distance between myself and the screen here because this is so fucking creepy and as you say it starts with him sitting up in bed and you see annie like a spider in the top of the, the top corner of the room um, yeah. in this wide shot and then he turns to face the window to show a reverse which shows the doorway and you see her kind of like spider walk along along the along the the the, the ceiling uh, and then you get you get it again when he goes downstairs and discovers uh discovers steve's burned body you see mm-hmm. her in the in in the ceiling again and then he turns around and you see the sort of slowly materializing form of this just random 
fucking naked dude just standing in the oh, doorway. Oh, he's not smiling. that random. Not that random. Oh, who who was that? Do you know the uh, funeral scene at the start with the granny? Yeah. How uh, and when Charlie was like uh, touching Granny's body, yeah. and then the coffin closed. I think it, mm. when the coffin closed, the the space that the coffin was in, in the, in the shot when it closed, the space that was there, that guy's face was just there smiling, looking at her. Oh, so really? Ver- I, I don't I, remember that. I spotted that at the very start in the funeral. I saw that guy and I was like, what the fuck is that weirdo smiling <laughs> at her? And and then I was like, there must be a reason. That guy like that guy is part of something. Like, why is he smiling like that? that well, that's an yeah. extra taking some liberties there. And then yeah. <laughs> l- l- yeah. later on in that room, he's the guy who's standing in the doorway. He's there naked. He's smiling. This- this is why we bring Anthony into these things because he's got an eye for the detail that I simply don't possess, and that's that's I I had no idea that that was the same guy. I thought it was just you know it's established as a cult, uh, a coven of witches or whatever. Um, and a lot of and... people came to the funeral who they didn't know, which is so it was all built in that there were cult members at the funeral because she was like in her speech she was saying, uh, you know, it's, I don't know where all you people came from, but it's a bit weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, fine. I guess this is like the end of Big Fish. Where it's yeah. like just, yeah. the stories were all true, <laughs> like... carrying the granny to the river and all. <laughs> <laughs> some some conjoined twins there. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so okay, that's where that guy was from. Still, he was creepy as fuck. And then yeah. you get the, it's just tension, 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 tension for those first those whole mm-hmm. like ten fifteen minutes, and then suddenly it breaks, and Annie sprints out of the corner after Peter, and it turns into kind of your classic horror movie ending i guess with with you know the killer chasing the the, the final survivor mm-hmm. except yeah I, and i wanted to get your opinion on this as someone who's maybe like less into horror traditionally you know you'd have this would be the bit of like a slasher where the the person being pursued discovers all the bodies and there's a couple of jump scares and it ends in a big kind of physical confrontation mm-hmm. in this they don't really do that in hereditary it's it ends on a really kind of grim note a very a very scary horrible grim note and i think a lot of people who um don't like hereditary there aren't that many but there are some don't like the ending very much did you how did you find that kind of conclusion to the conflicts between annie and peter um i i i I thought it was fine i i i i like i like the ending of this film and i don't really like a film that was this almost like i would say depressing actually Mm. this depressing and this dark and this you know negative I, I, it would have felt weird to me if at the end it was like you know they they burn the witches or whatever and then like they get they yeah. like escape they escape through a fence onto a mo- a, a highway <laughs> a trucker picks them up and they go how are you you know all right it's like yeah, yeah, yeah just take me to the hospital like that would have been like and you have like a hope hopeful ending that would have been a weird ending for this I liked it and I will say about the ending I kind of feel like this is like the opposite the same but opposite ending uh, as Midsummer. Because at the end of this, I didn't feel like I was on Peter's side. Um, I felt like he was in, inhabited by this evil, but he, and it, but he had joined a cult. And um, at the end of Midsummer, Florence Pugh's character had joined a cult, but I, I actually felt empathy for her, and I, and I actually felt that that was the best thing for her, weirdly. You know? <laughs> yeah, she needs she need to get it out of her system, old yeah. Florence. Um, yeah, I, I know absolutely what you mean. I, I think... So I, I did feel... I think there's a moment when when Peter is running away from Annie and he runs up to the attic 
and shuts the shuts the attic door and there's this kind of uh shot reverse shot or it's not really shot reverse shot because they're not in the same room but he like he's this teenage boy who's been quite distant from his family the whole time Mm -hmm. because of because partially because he's a teenager and partially because of the horrific events that have transpired and so he's not been very close or very emotional with them and then there's this moment where he's like sitting on his on on the ground his like head in his hands sobbing mm-hmm. just crying mummy mummy as yes. uh, as uh, tony collette's character possessed sit, like is against the attic door like so on the ceiling somehow just yeah. smashing her head into the door over and over again and it is just it has stayed with me since i first saw this it's such an upsetting image because you know that the, that you are reminded that this is like a 16 year old boy who has no one now he has no guidance he's completely vulnerable and then mm-hmm. the banging stops and suddenly fucking annie is in the room sawing her own head off with i guess piano wire i'm not really sure what she what, yeah what she's. something like that and it's just she's just staring at him and it Ari Aster is great at gore, or or, or the 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 the, the uh, special effects people he uses are great at gore. And Tony Collette just staring down at him as these wet noises come from her neck as she saws her head off is horrible. It's a that horrible was, scene. That was absolutely yeah. I was like, even possessed, I wouldn't do that to myself. I, I don't understand <laughs> what she was doing, You're how she was choice. doing it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But it, it was, yeah, it was gruesome. And I think that's well, Ariasta actually is, he, he, he holds back on it as well. So therefore, when he, it's not like, you know, he's doing like sort of a, a minimum, although a medium amount of gore, and then he has these huge bits of gore. He has like hardly any gore, and then a fucking huge bit of gore, like a head getting yeah. hit off by a telephone pole, or yeah. her cutting her head off with a thing. So it's like, he doesn't like, a lot of films, I suppose, would have moments where they they take it from no gore to mi- to medium gore. He goes yeah. from no gore to the most horrific thing you've ever yeah. seen. He goes to zero to eleven, just <laughs> yeah. ramps up. It's like he fucking go. He he wants some horror. Here's some horror. I um, love that he's stupid. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Peter turns out to be eleven to stupid as uh, he he uh, like yeah. gets um he gets the 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 barcode scanner. Boop, over his eyes and suddenly Paimon's in Paimon's gotten in and (laughs) he wanders through the garden everyone's kneeling to him his mother's uh, decapitated corpse kind of hovers in through a window of the treehouse this is the thing actually isn't Paimon actually the soul of Charlie this is the thing yes so we find out like at this point that Paimon had basically been in Charlie the whole time so it is we were kind of right those of us Mm -hmm. who are kind of horror veterans and we're like creepy child she's gonna be bad Um, Mm -hmm. because it turns out that Charlie from a soul or being perspective whatever you want to call it was never really in there it was paimon mm-hmm. from a very early age and mm-hmm. she was essentially like a holding vessel until peter they were ready to make their move on peter which is what this cult have now done and um, by the end of the movie peter has been become the vessel for this this demon of the east wind i think it's called it's some some crazy Mesopotamian. I I, lo- I love the idea that like films like this, a little tiny cult gets their demon in a body, and it's like end of film. Like, what would a yeah. sequel of this look like? You know, uh, like it's like it's it like almost it's almost like it's like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. You know, if you end it after the first one, it's like how does what does this look like? It, yeah. It's a mis- it's kind of a mistake to go further, but you can't help but wonder. You know, I think it would be like. Did you ever see the Omen or any of its sequels? No. So that's about the devil's son. Damien? And I believe, yeah, Damien. Yeah, Damien, exactly. And I believe in the third one, he becomes president. 
And I think that's what, <laughs> and I think that's where the hereditary would go if there were sequels. Yeah. Like the second one would be a bit of an American Pie style comedy, like the yeah. the Paimon goes to college and there's like Sean William Scott's a teacher because they want to give a little little nod to American Pie, and then, <laughs> and then but he you know he still gets up to like devil stuff, but he's also you know he wants to smoke weed and get laid. That's like we're, we've all been there. And then the third one that gets serious is like he's into politics now, and now he's king yeah. of the universe. He's king of the universe. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how it would go. Uh, I don't know why Pinel wants to do that. But yeah, but I believe, but I believe that is that is the trajectory. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Amazing. So I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you enjoyed this movie, which thrills me to the core. What mm-hmm. uh, what would you give it as a rating out of five? If pushed. If pushed. Mm. Now. The question is, is it as good as Hocus Pocus? Because like, didn't I give that five out of five? Uh, I think you did, and in doing so, just just absolutely kneecapped the entire system going forward. But we'll, well, that's we'll not hold that against yeah, you. Five out of five start with a star next to it. Um, not a six. <laughs> that's for the that's listeners a, to do. Six. Yeah, we cannot. We cannot get into it's, six, like it's, that. No, it's not a six. It's a little asterisk. It's an asterisk. It's not a six star. Okay. A, um, I'm going to say this one is. Uh, I can't, I think about the films that I've given four star. And I genuinely think if we had half stars, I'd go four and a half star. But they're for cowards, so yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to give this a legitimate five star. No, no memes. I'm going to give this okay. a legitimate five star. Very good. Yeah, I think I gave this a gave this a four star um, when I when I first saw it. Um, I, I, I something holds me back from giving it a five, but it is mm. a movie that I can watch over and over again. It is scary as fuck, mm. and as I say, enjoyable. nine out of ten. Nine out of ten is what I would yeah. give it. But but we go by stars here, and I round up. Yeah, we've got it. We we yeah we stick to the star system because that forces everyone to really consider each star mm-hmm. that they're giving. It's it's yeah. like each one is emphatic and important. Yeah. Um, amazing. Well, okay, I think that's about gonna do it for us here on the uh, the best movie podcast ever which leaves us with one simple question to answer as we always do and that is anthony what's your favorite movie this week i don't do it often but i am gonna say hereditary <laughs> i am this is all the, poor, all, folks. all the poor patrol movie I, I saw that with my son as well wasn't don't bad uh don't you do it maybe maybe four star for that one but we'll go we'll go for hereditary <laughs> this is it's an unprecedented clean sweep for hereditary because i'm gonna say hereditary as well this yeah. movie is awesome and i cannot wait to see what ari Aster does next um so that just leaves us to say uh, thank you to natty wyatt and jared iscariot for the use of our theme song don't know why i did that when i was i'm doing a little kind of a <laughs> that's the theme song move i guess for the jaunty tune that they've uh, written for this uh you can find their stuff down in the uh, description below and thank you to you for joining us uh please consider subscribing we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps and we are the culture cave on youtube give the show a like get involved in the comments let us know what you've been watching and we will see you same time same place next week peter